everyone, welcome back to Idol Talk, where we explore South Korean pop culture one obsession at a time. This is Nathan, I'm your host. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley, the editor for Idol Talk, and special shout out to all of our listeners in Wawatosa, Wisconsin. Ooh. What up? <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Chris, teacher and co host by day, G Dragon cult leader by night. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Idle Talk Pod and rate, review, and subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool. It's new. All right. Listen to us there as well. And send us any feedback that you have at idletalkpod at gmail.com. In any case, a uh, happy Thanksgiving, at least to where we are, uh, at least in terms of the time that we are recording this podcast. Um, it is November 29th, so we are, our stomachs are full, and yes. we are ready to talk about some K-pop. So, Chris, do you have a recommendation for our listeners this time Yes. Around? So, um, how can I start this with this whole Super M craze that's been going on? <laughs> um, and my love for Ten and now Taeyong. I've been kind of deep diving into the whole universe that is NCT. And so for today's recommendation, I just wanted to give a shout out to like a group that's not as much, um, how should I say it? Like, um, publicized? Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that is Wavy. So my recommendation today is going to be Moonwalk by Wavy. fun song i like the little moonwalk that they do if you watch the performance videos from the music shows they do a cute little moonwalk but most of all this group is so damn good looking <laughs> like oh my god no wonder 10 is in this group like i don't know why taeyong well i mean i do know why taeyong's in this group um if the if you listeners don't know wavy is the chinese subgroup of mm -hmm. nct of nct universe so most of these members are of <laughs> chinese descent so it comes with let me pull up my notes real quick hendry kun lucas ten win-win xiao jun and yang yang and so this is a group i am team win-win win-win <laughs> stan <laughs> um i actually didn't know that lucas was chinese yeah, Chinese and Thai, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. It is really interesting because he looks so much like Mino, like Chinese Mino. Yes, so. he's Mino's little. Yeah. If there was so. a Greek yeah. tree, he would be Mino's little. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is a group. Um, they debuted in January 17th, 2019 with their single, The Vision. So I guess it was announced last year. I guess literally last year, December 31st, that they were going to um, do more of a promotion in Chinese. And it was interesting because I heard like another podcast that I listened to. They were saying how 
their music show performance for Moonwalk, it, the lyrics are in Chinese, and yet they performed it on these Korean music shows in, like, I believe it was Mandarin, the lyrics. And so it was interesting because that was kind of like a first for these music shows. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah, they performed on the show, right? I think yes. I had seen, like, a clip of it. I'm pretty I sure I sent a clip. I don't know if this is the right, like, if they are, if if this is correct about the show anymore, but I know a couple of years ago, they had specific voting for, like, Korean, like, Korean people could dial in to, you know, vote for their top choice, but I also think that they had a special voting section for Chinese fans. Oh. Because um, I know a couple of years ago, uh, a member of Super Junior M was one of the hosts. And I think they had him as one of the hosts because he spoke uh, Chinese or Mandarin. But I don't know if that's true anymore. Um, hmm. So I guess we'll I have mean, to ask. Was it Henry? It was. No, it wasn't Henry. It was someone else. Yeah. I uh. think they performed on several other music shows. I'm not sure exactly which ones because there was a. I definitely saw more than one performance for um, Moonwalk. So mm-hmm. take a listen to the to it. Give them some love because they deserve it. And it was so funny. I was watching a video about because I'm in this deep dive into NCT right now, <laughs> and this one video said that like somehow they managed to get all the good looking visuals into one group, and that's Wavy. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Did you uh, catch their NCT's uh, performance at the the Macy's Parade? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. That yes, was, the English cool. version of Highway to Heaven. It was so cute. <laughs> I wish they performed a little bit more of the song, but it was adorable. I love NCT One Two Seven now, guys. I'm becoming an N citizen. Yes. I yes. is. Because NCT has different subgroups, do they each have their own leader? Yes. Like, is there uh, a leader for uh, or Wavy? Actually, I don't know. That is a great question. I know no, I because think they isn't Taeyeon? Yeah, they have different leaders for each yes. segment. I think Taeyeon yeah. oh, is the leader for one two seven. Um. Oh, I thought he was the leader for NCT. Like the whole fifty of them. He kind of is. I think he's kind of like the the main figure for everyone when they're in like the bigger group. But mm-hmm. like for example, NCT Dream doesn't. They have their own leader too, and Taeyong's not in it. Obviously, I know NCT U doesn't have one because like that group is o- that unit is always changing. Yeah. Right. right. In any case, we will definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely take a greater look at NCT, but uh, let's go ahead and move on to Ashley. Yes, so my favorite group of all time. Okay, that's a lie. <laughs> my favorite group right I was like, now. wait, what? I was like, what? <laughs> my favorite group of right now, EXO, released their sixth full-length album on November 27th, Obsession, and the song that I'm going to wreck is Ya Ya Ya. Yeah. 
Cause I'ma give you some Obsession is the first album that EXO released without Schumann and Dio because they're both serving their mandatory uh, service in the military. What's kind of interesting about Obsession is that it's their sixth full-length album with six members. I think they Mm. did that on purpose, Mm. but whatever. Um, Some interesting facts about Ya Ya Ya. So there's three main producers and they're all like really famous R&B producers slash rappers like they've produced songs for SVW, Dr. Dre, Schoolboy Q, Janet Jackson like really like uh what is it called um when they're okay whatever (laughs) what is it called when they're like really famous within the industry high profile whatever anyway so they're like really they're really um big in the R&B industry Mm -hmm. And the sample at the beginning of the song is actually by SVW, the song called You're the One. Do you guys know who SVW is? No. Mm-mm. They're like a they're like a throwback R&B trio. They sing that song Weak, the one that goes, I get so weak in the knees, I could hardly breathe, I hmm. lose. Do you, do you guys know that song? I think, I think I've I heard know. that one, yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> Y'all need to listen to some old school R&B then. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, but, well, it's not going to happen anymore for me, so. Yeah, so Ya 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 is about like being madly in love with someone who's on the fence about the person who's in love with them, basically trying to get that person to, or convince that person to like you. So it says, like, do you love me? Do you love me not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I have some thoughts about EXO's release as a whole. And my main problem revolves around their title track, Obsession. Mm. Like, this song sounds like it could have been a Super M song. Or it could have been an NCT 127 song. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, it ha- and it made me have this, like, internal struggle as to, like, what is EXO's sound, you know? Like, what yeah. is EXO's unique color? And I get that they're all really good singers. They could do acapella, whatever. But, like, so can so can Taemin and, like, so can Ten in all these other groups. So, like, what is, what is EXO's unique sound? And as I was listening to the full album, I was trying to find the EXO color within all of the songs, and I just couldn't. So I picked Ya 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 because I like that one the most. But like even Ya Ya Ya, it's so hip hop and R&B that that's like not even EXO sound at all. So when I was listening to Ya Ya Ya, I was, it was interesting that you were saying all the producers from like Dr. Dre and Janet Jackson because that is the exact vibe. I lo- took me back to the 90s. I yeah. was like, whoa, this song is very 90s influence. So yeah, for sure. Nathan, I want to hear your thoughts on Obsession. <laughs> <laughs> As, as a fellow XOL. Yes, I'm an XOL. What do you think? I love XO, and I was uh, telling um, Chris and Ashley um, that they were one of my gateways into this rabbit K-pop world, we like to call it on this pod. Mm-hmm. And Rebels. Rabbit Hole, yeah. And for me, I think that... It wasn't my favorite song released from them. Um, Sucks. And I, too, kind of... Now that you brought up that it could have been for 
a more mm, performance group like NCT or Super M. I can't get that out of my mind. Um, And that's not to say that like EXO wasn't a performance group, but they were like a vocal heavy, like even the rappers can sing kind of group. Yep. Um, So like one of my favorite releases from them is like Overdose. And I think that's like a perfect, that's like EXO sound. It was like there was really, really good uh, rap, but there was also incredible vocals and incredible uh point dance moves that everyone could remember yeah and i feel like this one i think there was a little bit too much going on for me at least i've only looked i only watched the music video once but i feel like i need to watch it like 10 times to kind of like dissect what's going on here so maybe i'll have a more set kind of opinion on it when i when When i listen to it and watch it more yeah to be honest i got kind of confused i was like wait am i watching exo or am i watching super m because there's a lot of similarities in obsession and jopping like even the choreo was very very similar so i got i kind of lost myself for a second while watching it exactly and that's a problem that i'm having with sm groups right now because they all kind of do the same thing, like the male groups. And if you look at other companies like JYP, like Stray Kids and Got7 and even Day6, they all have their own unique sound. Itzy, Twice, they're both totally different. But like what is the difference between Super M and EXO and NCT? Like they have overlapping members and I think what SM is doing is they're playing up the strengths of the individual members but they're not like making a unique sound for the group as a whole. Because like for Super M as a whole, right? Yeah, for Super okay. M as a whole. Because like Beckyun, Beckyun's vocals and are like really prominent in EXO and Super M and they sound super similar because they're trying to play up Beckyun's vocals but mm-hmm. like they're not distinguishing EXO sound from Super M sound they're just like enhancing Beckyun you know what I mean yeah and so it's just I don't I just I'm having a problem with SM right now I mean I still love EXO and and super m and nct whatever but i just want i want there to be some separation between the groups Mm -hmm. that's i think that's a fair assessment Um, i think it is too i think i could just go with my recommendation which is related (laughs) Um, and we didn't really talk about this before we don't talk about we don't kind of like strategically place our recommendations and kind of adjust to one another's but i told um the cast that i would uh, be wrecking Christmas themed K-pop songs throughout the entire month of December <laughs> and of course my favorite uh, one of my favorite K-pop Christmas winter songs is EXO Miracles in December Never 
이렇게도 달라졌다는 게 나조차 믿기지 않아 네 사랑은 이렇게 계속 날 움직여 And this is 100% a departure from Obsession. Uh, <laughs> well, a departure <laughs> from yeah, a departure side. from a lot of their other uh, releases as well. But um, if the listeners don't know yet, I tend to go for more gentle vocal, heavy songs, and I think that's one of the strengths of K-pop, which is why I think I like it so much. But anyways, Miracles in December um, released back in December about almost. Wow, almost six years ago. Um, oh wow! It was released on December ninth, two thousand thirteen. So definitely a throwback. Um, I think this was also their first Christmas or like winter themed album. I think now they have three. So they have Miracles in December. They have Sing for You, and they have um, Universe. Universe. Yeah, Universe. So yeah, this song was like this song is definitely like a winter themed song. Really, really. Beautiful vocals. Um, the Korean version was only sung by, um, so they didn't include anyone from the non-vocal line, the non-core vocal line. So, sung by Dio, Chen, and Baekhyun. And there was a just the three of them. Yes, just the three wow. of them. They also did a Mandarin version, which was them three and Luhan. And I, well, Luhan obviously isn't in the group anymore. Um, But also, I think I saw a live performance where it was kind of the three or the four of them, but Lei was also playing the piano. So, what is Suho's role in the group? I thought he was a vocal. <laughs> It's really interesting. I think that he took the place of Lu Han, and they gave him more vocal stuff afterwards. Oh, so he's just leader, but not he like in the poor. Dance line or vocal line? I mean, he is like a vocal, but I think that like, I think even he would admit that like, if they were to pick three people to sing the song, it'd be Dio, De Dio, Beckin, and Chen, right? Yeah, you're right. I don't know why they didn't spread the love more, but <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really love the song. I think it puts you in a very like December feel. Like we were talking earlier before we started recording that like. It's so cold in California, and it rained literally all day yesterday. I was like, I'm just gonna play this song, sit in my bed, and relax. Look at the rain outside, mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful feeling. So, Aww. yeah, a lot of EXO, a lot of EXO winter releases are, are really good albums. So, and they're usually like not as hyped up as obviously their normal comebacks. So, definitely recommend to our listeners to kind of, um. Give that a chance if they, especially during like the winter season. So yeah. yeah, I would define this style of EXO's music as like EXO's sound. Yes, you know. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Universe has a lot more uh, vocal heavy songs that incorporate all of the members like Chaniel and Kai and and Sahoon singing, but I think what defines EXO is their vocal ability. Right. Yeah. No Agreed. other group, very few other groups can do this. Very, very. And I think that they should capitalize on it more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, because their members are leaving, uh, leaving to the military and because um, 
there's so many up and coming groups that don't do this that I feel like they 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 or SM thinks that they have to compete on that level, whereas they don't they don't necessarily have to do that. They they should just kind of stick with what their strengths are. But I think that they are being pushed to play someone else's game in ah, the industry. You're so right. Oh, wow. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, what are the listeners going to want? Like, a lot of listeners don't don't prefer this. They can't listen to this ten times in a row. Versus, I think it would probably more likely for for someone in the you know normally to listen to Obsession ten times in a row rather than something like Miracles in December That's ten true. times in a row. Depends so on who like, the listeners eh, are have too. Some kind of balance. What was that, Chris? I think it depends on who the listeners are, too, and necessarily, like, who they're targeting as a listener. Right. Yeah. I think what they're doing is they're just trying to make as much money as possible. Because the Super M sound works, and it Mm -hmm. they're very popular, and I think Obsession is, like... It's just a an album for EXO to continue to release music. Yeah, you're right. I think that they have to release in order to kind of stay you know stay in the game yeah they have to stay in the game and i'm glad they did uh and i love exo to death that's it we'll support (laughs) we will still support them All right, and so for today's episode, we are going to do a review of a K-drama that we recently watched, and that is Sky Castle. So for those of you that have not seen Sky Castle, Sky Castle is more of a um, satire drama. It's really interesting because it goes over these four different families, and they review over their kids. They're kind of obsessed over getting their kids into the top three prestigious Korean universities and so there's a lot of plot well there's one big plot twist I would say right one two one or two that are just huge and so yeah this whole drama just goes over how these moms are struggling and not struggling and obsessing and pretty much doing whatever they can in order to get these um their children into these top prestigious universities so it was it ran on JTBC. It was it's kind of interesting because this was not a free program. So you know how we have like KBS, SBS right. and all those channels. Those channels are free public um, broadcasting systems. This one is a cable show per se. So I want to say it's like the equivalent to HBO. Oh. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely so like you it's a paid like subscription like it's an added premium channel or whatever yeah definitely something that's like known like it's known but like not everyone has access to it interesting yeah so that's what i'm saying i i want to say very similar to hbo yes that's a good one. Oh my god we should totally so, look up jbc whatever shows so we know quality is really good Damn. Yeah, the quality is good. Yeah, that's true. Damn. And it ran from November 23rd, 2018 to February 1st, 2019. So it's actually pretty, pretty, pretty damn recent. Um, I'm going to go over the main characters. And really, there's a bunch of different people that 
play different roles in this drama, but it really the center focus of it all is over these moms. Um, and these are wealthy um, women who, you know, their husbands are doctors, professors, um, actually, yeah, doctors and professors. Mm-hmm. So they want to keep that standard that their children are also going to be doctors and mm-hmm. professors and like, you know, top of the line, like high expectations for their children. So the main, main mom is Han So Jin, and she's the one who um, her daughter's kind of like, mm, <laughs> Psycho uh, determined. Psycho determined. <laughs> yeah. Psycho slash determined. She's so determined to become a doctor to get into Seoul National University. Like she's on board with like everything her mom needs to do um to get her in. And so it's really interesting because the backstory of this mom is that she has a past. And she's trying to kind of do everything she can to get away from that past and kind of play, making her daughter succeed as a doctor in, in Seoul National University is kind of one of her big things. Um, then there's Lee Soo-im, who she is, um, I guess I should say that the this is all revolved around this neighborhood, right? They're all, these moms are neighbors. And so they're all wealthy and all this stuff. And so then this new neighbor comes in and that's Lee Soo-im. And she's kind of like the antagonist of yes. everything, like yes. everything that they stand for. Like, um, well, she basically, she, yeah, she doesn't buy into any of the. I mean, she wants the best for her kid, but she doesn't buy into the tactics, the that methods, the other three moms that try to do anything. <laughs> how, yes, how, exactly. how far are you going to push your limits? She's yeah, like, no, I'm not going to yeah. push your limits at all. And she doesn't come from a wealthy family or a wealthy background like how the other families have. Right. She, her, That's true. The neighborhood that they live in is called Sky Castle. Be- and in order to live in that neighborhood, you someone in the family has to be a professor at one of the universities. And so her husband becomes a like a professor or a doctor at the university hospital and he was chosen from like a he he worked previously in like a really small province hospital right Mm -hmm. and he was Mm -hmm. an orphan and they just had like a poor background and so he was they came from like a non-rich family at all Mm -hmm. yeah both him and lee suim were both orphans or i believe oh i don't know actually they they came from rougher backgrounds the orphanage I'm not sure about that. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, they, but yeah, they both came from a poor background. And so completely different. They don't follow along with those methods. They kind of think that all the things that these moms do are kind of silly. And like she's, she tries to change their bring ways. justice. Yeah. Yeah. Change their ways and bring justice into their methods. And like she wants to let the world know that this is not okay. It almost it um, almost seems like she's trying to bring these like elitists back down to reality, you know, like this mm-hmm. what that the behavior mm-hmm. isn't normal, and normal people don't pay yes. all this money for to get their children in college. Exactly. Yes. So those two are the bit really big ones. They go at it a lot and kind of interesting because they actually know each other from their past. So Lee Suim yes. knows a lot about Seljin's past and it's interesting how it comes to light too. Um, then we have Seljin's um, 
friends they kind of have more of a bond with each other because they've lived with each other longer so the first one is no sungi and this is pretty much she's also she's like kind of in but not in fully like her husband is the one that really really wants to get his sons into like um one of these prestigious colleges and so she's kind of like she tries to play the dutiful wife and does whatever her husband says but at the same time she kind of doesn't feel comfortable with it and she's kind of like she leans a little bit more towards um suim and she's kind of like yeah this is not right but she's kind of like she's kind of it's hard for her for a little bit yeah 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 exactly it's harder for her because she's gone along with it she's very submissive to her husband. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it also has to do with, uh, well, she, I well, I guess a lot of the other moms were like that too, but I feel like she was definitely like the stay at home, like type. So she, like, there was a scene where, you know, her husband cuts her credit cards. Like, well, you know, yeah. there's any money. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I think in Korean culture, though, there, or just like in general, there's, there's this thought of the, the husband being the head of the family and then all of his decisions need to be supported by the wife. And so I think that's where her submissiveness came from, where she was just like, even though she didn't agree with all of the like studying tactics he had, that culturally and like in society, that's normally how women act like they're, they support their husbands and, yeah, and that's what their expectation is, is that they need to support their husband. Mm -hmm. So um, she was my favorite character on the show, personally. <laughs> and then we have Jin Jin He, who she is definitely more like So Jin, more so to like, she wants to put her son through everything that So Jin does for her daughters. Like she's kind of more of a follower to yeah. So Jin and like doesn't question the tactics. She's kind of more overzealous in order to succeed than her husband for sure yeah i would say she 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 idolized sojin and wanted wanted to like replicate their family's success for her own family because her husband was like the assistant or whatever to sojin's husband and so she she just like so badly wanted to be the king family but like along the way realized that they had their own flaws and maybe she should just be like pursuing her own path (laughs) yes and then last but not least we have kim joo young and this is kind of the main main evil villain kind of ish Corella Deville in a sense yes and she is the tutor so Sojin hires her to be her daughter's tutor and so um this tutor is very very kind of like to even hire her as a tutor is this whole process you have to be chosen by her and obviously she costs a ridiculous amount of money and she controls everything from like what she or no what's around her like um 
like I remember there was a scene where it was like change the paintings in your daughter's room because these kind <laughs> of paintings help brain development better the lighting this and that right. and like the temperature like all those oh, little wow. things like she thinks of that and so um, it's kind of interesting because she has so much control over this daughter's life that kind of like chaos ensues because she's able to be very er, these um these kids like depend on her to get them get them into the university and so as a result she's able to manipulate them easily Mm -hmm. and so that's how this whole thing begins and so then uh, supporting characters who are not necessarily main characters but they're also very very important to the plot lines are the Kang family the Huang family the Cha family and the Wu family which is the or you know the subsequent families to each of the um four moms that we talked about yeah exactly and then, of course, we have to mention Kim Hina. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. That's a, that's a really, really great overview. So, like, what did we, what did we like about this drama? Let's start with some of the pros that we we kind of liked. I I like the drama, and I was really interested into how this satire played out. Into like watching this really opened my eyes to like Korean society, mm-hmm. and like even then, sometimes some of the things that like Peter says about his family, I'm kind of like it makes sense now. Like I see the expectations that is set in that culture, so I really liked that part. As mm-hmm. far as the drama itself, oh heck, the plot twists for sure. Like it hooked you. Oh, I'm sorry. If you don't, this is a spoiler alert. So don't listen further if you want to uh, actually consume this drama without any spoilers. Um, and if so, we will definitely uh, talk to you in our next episode. But we'll now be going over more of like the plot spoilers. Bye. <laughs> uh, Ashley, what did you like about the drama? Um, I liked the acting. It wasn't cheesy at all, like HBO yeah, quality. Absolutely. Um, I liked that mm-hmm. the storyline, although there were some like typical tropes of K dramas, overall the storyline was really different from things that we've seen in the past. Like it's not a typical love story. And I like that it comes it's talking about students, but it's coming from the perspective of the parents. And not yeah. from the student, because yeah. I think the student perspective is, like, a really overplayed. Um, I also like that um, the product placements in the show were, <laughs> were, they were obvious, but they were more naturally built into the story. You know what I mean? Like the Nesquik like, def- coffees. <laughs> yeah, like the Nesquik coffee, the, the like, uh, robot chair. And then those like Capri Sun pouches that every single drama has, like they they yeah. they organically put them into the situation. Like the Nestle coffee, they're like making a cup of coffee <laughs> right before they go have a really serious conversation at the dinner table. You know, like I I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that product placements are necessary to fund the show, but at least do them properly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I loved this drama and I think it's because obviously I live in this world. Uh, I'm a, I'm a university employee. Um, I felt like I could 
in terms of how you know how you get to like university and things like that like it kind of renas like it it makes it, it made me like reflect on you know the path that i took definitely did not take this <laughs> corrupt way of doing things but i mean like it's a cutthroat world out there mm-hmm. and like i think mm-hmm. about like all the sh- all the stuff that like we had to do in high school to even just get into like a college in the u.s that's like damn like we had it easy compared to these kids like it's so funny you say that because like I didn't even know what I was doing. So I'm the oldest in my family. My parents are immigrants. So yeah. it's like I'm the I'm the first one in my family to go to college. I honestly don't even know how the hell I did it. <laughs> like so it's like watching how these parents like took that much effort into like giving them tutors and like even Peter was saying that his parents got him SAT tutors and stuff like that so it was kind of like mind-blowing for me yeah it's it's a common thing he was saying that he went through like he went through a bunch of different tutoring services for the SATs wow Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of crazy i mean these kids just live and breathe like school for so i was talking to one of my good friends um who graduated from korea university and um she was basically talking about how with the application systems are they're very different than the u.s you know the, the u.s is a very holistic thing right so it's like yeah your gpa and test scores are important but like they also want people that are humans they want people that are leaders they want people that have um, shown commitment to diversity and joined like a bunch of clubs and organizations but in korea it's literally only this test and she said that you know it's changing a little bit but still it's mainly about this one examination that it's going to basically determine the rest of your life That's so, so i was reading an article about how south korea has like the best higher education system in the world and Mm. I was wondering like yes there are prestigious schools like Sky Universities, Yonsei, uh, Kensei and Seoul but like don't they have regular schools like colleges too like the Cal State University system yeah so is it yeah, I think they do. Yeah, they do. Um but, but is it as hard to get into those universities as it is to get into Sky? I, mean, I wonder like I mean for sure it's not as hard, but I mean I think, you know, in, in I mean it's everything's about appearance, right? It's like, oh, where'd your kid go to school? Yeah. Like, oh, they went to I was they just... went to uh SNU. It's like, oh shit like okay that it's is like you true. know and like what was important yeah. to these mothers was that that name brand was there yeah right? yeah they have to go to sky right i mean even uh-huh that mo- the mother-in-law the mother-in-law yeah. to sojin like she was like you have to get my daughter into seoul universe or my granddaughter like here's all the money you need as long as you give me a doctor or something like that it was it's very much um appearance and it wasn't yeah. it didn't she bring a friend along too Did the it? grandma yeah the grandma the mother-in-law to yeah. sojin yeah to one of their meetings um, oh right mm-hmm. right 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 yeah i mean 
as toxic as this was, I loved the pyramid symbolism throughout the entire drama. <laughs> yes. My favorite scene in the drama was when one of the twins, uh, basically, he's talking to what I call the pyramid dad. <laughs> and he goes, how am I supposed to study? Like, Wujin is in prison, like, wrongly so. He's like, well, yeah. this is a perfect opportunity because he was better than you at school and now you've risen one rank up, basically. Um, that system is and, sad. Yeah, it's really Wait, sad. Wait, Wuju, not Wujin. What? Right? Yeah, so like Wuju. Wuju, not Wuju. Okay. Oh, sorry. Wuju, Wuju. <laughs> Wujin? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Wujin. <Quick> clarification. <laughs> we miss you, Wujin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> Wuju. Wuju was in prison, so... Um, and... The twin gets so fed up that, you know, he takes the pyramid, which symbolizes, you know, you're supposed to be at the top supervising everyone else at the thicker bottom. Right. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he takes the pyramid and throws it onto the ground to see his dad in like utter dismay and yeah. chaos and rolls in the house. But I just thought that that was incredibly symbolic that, you know, the pyramid starts out as this huge sculpture in the house. And eventually, smaller ones get broken. The larger ones have cup noodles thrown on them. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then eventually, the pyramid becomes a nutcracker, a walnut cracker. Uh, oh my God. I was like, wow, oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is gold. You know what's my favorite scene is when I think um the Jinhee when she brings over the pyramid to show her son because again yeah. she's trying to like compare herself and the son's like no i don't want to be the top the best like foundation the most grab or like the strongest part of the pyramid is in the middle yeah that's where i want to be and so it was kind of like this enlightening moment for his parents because they were like oh my gosh like he's right <laughs> he is smart number one yeah and number two like you're so right yeah and so that was my favorite part i think that's where he said that um because the pyramids were built for the for the emperors in egypt or whatever whatever the sure thing were called mm -hmm. and they would bury the the leader in the center because that was the yeah. most uh, important part of it of the pyramid yeah yeah i didn't think about that yes so yeah. I love that because that completely threw everything that Professor Cha was saying about this damn pyramid. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I loved that. Um, something that I also really loved was that this drama had you laughing your ass off and at the same time... Cringing. Cringing? Crying. And also crying. Cringing, crying. Like in the span yeah. of like five minutes. Like it could, yes. it could twist your emotions like really fast. And I was like, mm -hmm. damn, these writers better get some, like, really awesome award for this drama. They did. Yeah. I believe they got a whole bunch of awards for, for it. The highest rating drama in 2019, I think. Yeah. And that's this year. Huh? I mean, it makes sense. This is, a, this is a topic in Korean society that people, like, really care about. The education system. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it was intended to kind of critique how things are going, but also they know that people are interested in because they know people are doing this. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it did a really job at critiquing 
like I said, it, it is meant to be a satire. And I think it was a really, really good satire. Yeah. Completely opened my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, what I really like about, like, Korean dramas, like, especially ones that aren't about, like, you know, mm, like, typical relationship stuff and all of that is because, like, you do get, like, we do get to learn a little bit more about, like, Korean society, politics behind, like, education and how important it is to all these mothers. Um, Mm -hmm. Something that I also really liked about this drama was that, like, look at the cover of this um look at the cover of this drama in terms of how they sell it and usually it's like five korean men and this time it's like five korean women right and like you almost never see a poster of a korean drama or a movie right that revolves around you know women and i think that i think that they did a really good job of you know demonstrating that like women like empowering you know women uh especially in their centralized role in you know raising their kids and things like that so yeah i appreciated that That's it was true. a departure from yeah. the gendered stereotype of who we see on tv as it relates to as it relates to like korean media at least yeah and i also like just going off at that point i like that in korea um they're or at least in this drama, that it's really important the role of the parents within the child's education. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they like the children can't do it by themselves. No, absolutely, yeah. Right. This is also just a random fun fact. I watched a bunch of their uh, interviews um post sky castle because they were on they were so popular that they started going on these other these other shows that like usually only k idols go on like for example knowing bros right so like they had uh-huh. they had one of the funny moms and they had the coach go on knowing bros Ooh. and they had them dress up in you know their traditional attire that they wore there and they had the coach's hair back Right. So she has a oh. a very unique ponytail, right? And she's uh-huh. talking about how like how much that hurt when she <laughs> when she had it uh when she was recording the drama. Because it was so tightly tied like tightly yeah. tied. Yeah. That she's like Yeah, yeah like you think that it. this is funny? Like this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Yeah, they were incredibly so popular they started going on these variety shows and usually like only the best, best dramas will go on, like, the KBS reality shows and things like that, so. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really great. Wow. Um, do we have any, like, final comments on this drama? Maybe things that we didn't like as much? Yes. So, I loved this drama as a whole, but the worst part about it was the ending the very last episode it just like took a shit on the entire series and it made me so mad like i hate that that was the fight like the last taste of the drama that we were given because like what about it so throughout the drama it was really serious there were a lot of plot twists and it was um it was very dramatic and at the end they like finished all of the characters redemption arc and ended it on a very happy note Mm. like 
Mm-hmm. And it was such, like, the mood of the last episode was a huge departure from, like, the 1 through 19 episodes that were before. Like, everyone so was happy. So you would happy. have preferred, yeah. So you would have preferred for it to kind of just stay on theme with, like, the well stuff no, got worse and stuff got worse. And no, that's sometimes how life goes. Well, no. I mean, I don't know how I would have preferred it. I just don't. I don't think that the happy ending was fitting for the show. You know, like sudden, That's like fair. throughout throughout the show, Sojin and like Wuju's mom were hated each other, and then at the end they were laughing and having tea. Like, yeah, I get that the story progressed, and this is how like that's how their story ended. But it just like it didn't seem like that was natural in a mm, sense mm-hmm. and it okay, or maybe I got too you. Quick, like like too four. Yeah. yeah and it okay, also yeah. felt like they were like the ending was kind of preachy you know like they were trying to to push this moral story of like like results aren't everything uh, but success and happiness in life is like important and um what did i saw an article that said uh in life doesn't boil down to school results and material success alone. Like they were really trying to push that message at the end. And then they, the very last scene was like a new neighbor who came in trying to look for a, another tutor. tutor. Yeah. And so basically they were saying like, the cycle is just going to continue again and there's no changing it. So it's just like, just left a bad taste in my mouth. I actually didn't I didn't mind the ending too much I kind of liked how um, Sojin kind of number one I wanted her to realize how crazy she was (laughs) so I'm glad she realized it and um, oh oh my gosh what was her daughter's name? Yebin Crazy Psycho? Yebin? Yebin? (laughs) Is that the oldest one or the youngest one? Because I love the youngest one. Yesu yeah Yesu um I'm glad she realized most of all what she was and she learned how to like, I guess I'm totally saying this as a teacher. Like I love that she learned how to work with other people. Right. You know, she realized that she could not get into these universities on her own and that she accepted her punishments and she accepted the consequences of everything that um, she caused. Right. I think Um, that one of the most powerful scenes in the drama was the, the transition from Yesu, who was the daughter of, you know, the main uh, the main mother that, you know, really wanted so to push Jin. her daughter into, you know, these universities, maybe like midway through the drama, I remember them having like a recap and saying like, we've been through so much, looking at all her awards, looking at all her straight mm-hmm. A's and being like, let's just continue with this. Like we've been through so much and they're basically crying in each other's arms. Versus at the end, uh, you see the mother and daughter just being like, screw that. Like, we don't need this. Like, let's yeah. just live happily and eat kalbi and what was it? What were they arguing at the end of the uh, uh, what they were going to eat for dinner or something? It's like, well, yeah, it's what they were going to eat for dinner. See, that was my problem, though. Like, they, yeah. they built... Maybe too quick of a transition. Exactly. They had all of these, um, like 
thoughts in their head about getting into these universities for so long sudden I mean I understand that like death changes people and it can happen like that change in attitude can happen suddenly but in the show that transition happened way too quickly and it just Hmm. felt unnatural I would have loved to see five more episodes quite frankly (laughs) yeah yeah I was just gonna say maybe it felt unnatural because of the fact that it was the last episode and it had to close up yeah yeah. You know, like, not necessarily, yeah. Maybe. Because, yeah, five more episodes of that transition would have been better. Like, I would have loved to see Wuju come back from his Europe trip. I wanted more yeah. Wuju. I loved him. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to be an SF9 stand now? Yes! That's what their plan was. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I totally did. <laughs> they were at KCON in New York. He's oh, so cute. Okay. I love him. and I yeah. He's so cute. The cutest child, though, was the, like, bad boy twin. I think he's yes. the cutest oh, yeah. character. Definitely. You all- Definitely. Well, I, I, I love really the twin. I really like the underrated twin. The one that no one probably, like, the the less uh, the less outspoken one. The really helpful one that carried his classmate to the doctor's yes. office. Yes. He and the one at the old, end yeah. who was like, let's get out of the school or like whatever, like F this school. And oh then everyone's God. like, whoa. Because <laughs> it's so out of his character. You know, that scene was so dumb too. Like suddenly he just throws up all the papers and was like, <laughs> fuck everyone. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. It just was so out of character and that made me upset too. <laughs> I think I think they were trying to show really quick character development. They were. But I, get, okay. I get where you're coming from. I get what you're coming from. Someone explain this to me, please. You know how in the classroom scenes, one of the twins was standing on a desk. And so there were some shots that you could see, like, the very back desks were all standing desks. What's the reason for that? I I thought it was, like, a class president thing. But there's multiple class presidents? Like, is there class presidents for the rows? Because it was, like, pretty much every single desk in the back of the row was standing desks. Yeah, I don't know about that. I did notice that, too. I just thought it was, like, because they put the one of the twins back there and he was class, like, vice president of the school, I thought that was the reason why he was back there. Hmm. Hmm. That's a really good question. If anyone knows, reach out to us, please. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. I'd like to know. Um, so just to like summarize, Ashley, what would your rating be for the for Sky Castle? Um, for episode, Maybe out of, let's do out of ten. Yeah. So out of episodes one through nineteen, I would give it like a nine point five. But if I included mm-hmm. episode twenty, then it would be like a like an eight. Okay, which happens a lot with last episodes. Last episodes are really tricky. Yeah, they are. Um, okay, so that's fair. So maybe put together like a... Like a 9.8? Okay, yeah, 8.8, 9. Okay. Okay. Chris? I think I'm going to do altogether 8.5 because mm-hmm. I like. I actually liked the ending. I was okay with it. Um. There was some slow parts, like, throughout the drama. Like, the, the buildup was a little bit too long sometimes for me. Right. So I think that's bringing it down a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So I think for me, it would be, like, I really loved this drama. Um, because it has a special place in kind of, like, the sector that I work in. Uh, 
and things like that. But I think I would give it like a 9.5 to 6. Um, but I agree that there were some parts that, so for example, for me, like some of the hospital scenes were a little bit drawn out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would maybe bring it down to like a nine point something else, but I thought that it was a great drama overall. And I think that like the beauty of this is that like, it can make you laugh. It can make you cry. Um, we didn't even talk about Kay yet. Oh my God. But we, we don't, probably don't oh. have time to get into that. Um, but there's so many <laughs> other, like, there's so many layers to this drama. And I think that, yes. obviously, with this review, we're just scratching the surface. But, we de- I mean, based on the reviews, I think that we definitely recommend um, our listeners to watch this one. And just to kind yes, of get a glimpse definitely. of, like, what children, what kids are going through with their parents in terms of, tough situations with the education system in Korea but in any case um this kind of wraps up uh our review of Sky Castle and our podcast for today we thank you if you've made it this far um to all of our listeners and uh listeners in the U.S. listeners across the world in Asia in Europe um across the globe yeah and Again, don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at IdleTalkPod and rate, review, and subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and newly iHeartRadio. And if you have any feedback to us, any topics that you want us to cover, email us at IdleTalkPod at gmail.com. Um, that concludes our podcast for today. So we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Stand straight, kids. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs)